0: Believe in what's present. Not trying to get something, but notice that He's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive, I receive that it. power. I receive it right now. I receive it right From now. From the top of my head. The top of my to head. The soles of my feet. The soles, soles of my feet. Of my feet. We're so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. I tell you what, the Word is our victory. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And it's just been such a joy to feed on the truths of the Word. We've been taking these episodes and teaching about the mind because the Word has something to say about the mind because Jesus purchased a sound mind for yeah. us. Amen. 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 We've been taking as our golden text, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, For God has not given us the spirit of power the spirit of fear, but a power, yes. authority, yeah. anointing. Yeah. He has given us love, the God kind of love. Yeah. And not only that, he's given us a sound mind. And so the Amplified says that a sound mind is a calm mind. It's a well-balanced mind. It's a disciplined mind. It's a controlled mind. So we have to know what to do with this sound mind, how to keep it flowing in the soundness that it was given to us in, amen? We have to feed it the right thoughts. And you have to learn this, that every thought that comes to you did not come from you. That's right. Amen. Amen. And you have to learn how to, uh, how to resist answer wrong thoughts. Don't just try to outthink them. It's not about trying to get rid of them by outthinking them. Get rid of them by answering them Amen. with the Word of God. Amen? Amen. We were looking at in the previous, uh, previous episode about this sin of worry. Mm-hmm. That worry will give place to the enemy to move in our life. Mm-hmm. That's why the Word says don't do it. Yes. And that's why it's a sin because the Word says not to do it. And anytime you do what the Word says not to, then that's disobedience and disobedience is a sin. And so the Word is trying to protect us from the penalty of worry. The penalty isn't from God, but it's from the disobedience because worry has a negative flow with it. And so in 1 Peter chapter 5, in verse 7, Peter was writing and he said, Casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. I like what the Amplified Translation says. It says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. Now, why do we put him in his hands? The next phrase tells us, because he cares for us affectionately. And he cares about us watchfully, So he's letting us know, as long as you're worrying about it, it's in your hands. And what's in your hands, he can't work on. Mm -hmm. But if you get it over into his hands, he'll fix it. Mm -hmm. He'll work on it. Amen. And so he said that we're to cast our care. Notice he won't take it from us. We have to say, I'm done with that. Amen. And we put it in his hands to take care of it. Amen. Amen. Then once we put it there, leave it there. And then Philippians 4 and verse 6 says, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. That's right. Nothing. Well, Pastor Nancy, you don't know I've made a mess in my life. So what? So what? His power can fix it. I'm not trying to make light of your life or make light of where you missed it. But I'm telling you, your miss is not greater than his ability to restore. That's what I'm wanting you to know. So don't worry about where you've missed it because that doesn't fix where you've missed it. Only His power can fix where you missed it. When we get into worry, we close the door to the power of God flowing. Uh And that is a critical mistake. When we miss it, we need His power more than ever. So we've got to stay out of worry. Even if we missed it, don't worry about it. Trust Him to restore it. Repent of where you missed it. Don't treat that lightly. Mm -hmm. But even so, forgive yourself. Go on and use your faith. Father, I thank you for restoring back Mm -hmm. to my life. Amen. And he delights to do that. It is his delight. Amen. I want us to see something, though. It tells us what not to do with our thought life. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, take no thought for your life. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about your life. But I want you to see that when Paul, when he writes us about these things, about be careful for nothing, don't worry about anything. Philippians 4, verse 6, let's read there, but we're going to read all the way down through verse 9. He says, Paul writing says, Be careful for nothing, or don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So you say, Father, I refuse to worry about this problem. I refuse to. I cast it into your hands. I cast it into your care that you're taking care of it. Yeah. And when you do that, say, thank you. See, do that with thanksgiving. Yeah. Thank him for that. Why? Because thanksgiving is the voice of faith. That's right. That's right. That's right. Verse 7. When we do this, notice what verse 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding that it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus now verse 8 he says finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there's any virtue if there's in, if there be any praise Think on these things. So he's telling us, don't worry, cast your care on the Lord, but you're going to have to do something with your mind. And he tells you all of these things, when something is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there's any virtue in these things, put your mind on these things. See, he tells you what not to do with your mind, but he also tells you what to do with your mind. you can't allow things in your thought life if they don't meet the criteria that's in verse 9. That's right. Now, uh, there's something you have to say, recognize here. It says what th- whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Then it says what's just and pure and lovely. Just because something is true doesn't mean it's lovely. That's right. yeah. It might be true, something that you know about somebody, but if it's not lovely... Don't touch it. It's got to meet all the criteria, not just one aspect of the criteria given in this verse. It has to meet all the criteria. Mm. That's what your mind is safe thinking about. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. This is part of how a sound mind functions. Mm -hmm. The sound mind doesn't just go into any directions, it's confined. It has restrictions on it. It has boundaries that you don't let your mind... You just don't let your mind go in certain directions. Uh, I was talking about on the previous episode when my husband suddenly went home to be with the Lord in 2013 unexpectedly. There were just things... There were a lot of things I did not know how they would play out, but I just wouldn't let my mind go there. I just just couldn't let my mind go there. Why? Because I needed peace more than I needed to figure out stuff. That's good. good. I had to protect my peace yes. because in the peace is when I can receive from the flow of heaven. Right. Yeah, right. Amen. Yeah. Many times people have missed it at this point. This is how they get into depression. Mm. Their mind touched into something and, was, and continued to touch into something that wasn't true, wasn't lovely, wasn't pure, wasn't just, wasn't honest. You see, it touched into something. It touched into an imagination mm-hmm. Imagining. Um, Worry is always about something that hasn't happened yet. Uh You know what it means? You're touching into the future. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. You can't figure out the future in your mind. Amen. You're either worrying about the future or you're worrying about the past. Faith is right now. I said faith is right now. Faith leaves the past under the blood and it leaves the future in God's care. Amen. But when people start thinking in the wrong direction, they allow their mind to turn over and think about stuff. Remember what we've talked about? Even the studio audience here, they can tell you the answer to this. How do you know if you're worrying? You're thinking about it. If you're thinking about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you cannot even allow your mind to touch on certain things. I don't care how big of a problem it is. I don't care how much it is your responsibility. It's your first responsibility to not worry. Our first responsibility is to the Word. Our first responsibility is to obey God and not worry. But I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 61, and we're just going to look at one phrase in Isaiah 61 in verse 3. Isaiah 61 in verse 3. What is the remedy for those who have found themselves entrenched in depression? This verse tells us. One of the phrases it says here is that, uh, in fact, I'm just going to read it off the screen here because I don't have the whole thing written out, but I'll look over to the screen here. It says, to a point unto them that mourn. They mourn. What is that depression? They mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. Ah, what's a cure for depression? The flow of joy. Yeah. God says that joy is an oil. Well, what does it, do? it's an anoint. A, it's a flow of his anointing. Yes. The oil of joy for mourning. Look at this, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he might be glorified. He's not glorified when we're in mourning. He's not glorified when we're in, uh, when we're in sorrow and sadness. Yes. Amen. Under a spirit of heaviness, He's not glorified. Right. But He tells us joy and praise is the cure for it. Yes. Yeah. So in the, in the face of seeming heaviness, in the face of depression, instead of listening to and turning over and over and over these troubling thoughts, start praising God even before you know the answer. Even before you know how this is going to turn out in the sense of you don't know every aspect of something. Don't worry about that. In the face of not knowing, just praise God. Father, I know this, it'll turn out for victory. Why? Because Jesus purchased victory. The end of this is victory. I may not understand or know all the steps between here and there, But I do know this, it's a victory path yeah. and I'll arrive at victory. Victory is already mine, but that will show up in this circumstance. Yeah. So right now I'm just going to praise you yeah. in the face of that. Yes. Praise is how you move out of the hole of depression. Good. It's so good. Praise is how you move out of mourning, grieving, uh-huh. being sorrowful. Yeah. I remember years ago there was somebody that was part of, um, part of our congregation here and it was a, a woman. She was, I would say, in her 70s. She was driving to take care of a family member. She was driving all the way from California to Alabama. She was driving by herself and she decided to do it without stopping. Well, my goodness, that's like a four-day drive. Mm-hmm. But the, the person she was going to take care of had an immediate need. So she was going to go without taking any time to rest. Well, that's probably not ideal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, she got part of the way and fell asleep and then ended up having a wreck and she died in that wreck. And I remember when I got word about that, I was notified. And I remember tangibly feeling grief and sorrow. I mean, it was tangible, Mm -hmm. trying to come on me. Mm And I, I just, um, you know, if you're not careful, you get in that mental arena, and you think, and you get into this, "What could I have done? Did I miss it?" You know, like I said, questions is the mental arena, and it's not the flow of faith. Yes, that's that's right. Right. That's right. Get out of that flow. Yes. Stay in the arena of faith, where that's where answers are. That's right. And I and I started. I caught myself, and I, I was talking to God about it, and. I mean, I realized I was getting in, I was yielding to this grief and um, it was about two or three minutes and God said this to me. He said, "Uh, because she's a child of mine, where is she right now? Mm -hmm. I said, well, she's in heaven. And he said, and you're grieving about her being in heaven? Mm -hmm. He said, could you not be thankful that she did not go to hell. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. when he said that, I recognized I was focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. I realized I was leaving out that she had a Savior. Yeah. All I was thinking about was the tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, Jesus, thank you for paying the price yeah. for all of us and for her, my friend, yeah. that she is now with you. And when I said that and started thanking him, I felt that grief and sorrow just lift like a bird flying off of me. Why? It matters what you're going to remember at a time of crisis. It matters. Amen. If we're not careful, all we think about is they're not here anymore. But where are they? (laughs) See, this is how you have to protect your sound mind. You have to remember the right thing. So you don't get into depression. You don't get into this flow of mourning. You have to start rejoicing over what is to be remembered and what's to be rejoiced about. Well, what is that? That she's in heaven. She's in the presence of God. Paul said to live is Christ, but to die is gain. We could say this, to die is promotion. It's a promotion. Yeah. To to go to heaven is a promotion to being on this earth. I guarantee you, it is pure promotion. (laughs) It's advancement. It's increase. Amen. So praising God from your heart plays a role in exiting out of heaviness and depression. It's not making light of what you have faced and what you've gone through, but it's laying something greater above it. Amen. So one way you release your faith is through praising. So when I say to those of you who may be dealing with a sense of depression, you can praise your way out of that. I said, you can praise your way out of that. How does praising help? Well, the anointing of God abides in you. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is in you. When you start praising, see your faith, that's a flow of faith. And that anointing starts flowing in the atmosphere mm-hmm. of faith. When you start releasing your faith, the, at, the, the anointing that resides in you as a believer starts being stirred up. It yeah. starts flowing. Mm-hmm. And when that anointing starts springing up like a fountain on the inside of you, what does it do? It destroys yokes. Yeah. It'll break things off of you. Yeah. You're not praising God because of the feelings of depression You're praising that there's a higher flow than the feelings. Amen. Amen. You're not praising God because of the difficulty. Mm -hmm. You're not praising God because of the test, but you do praise him because he is your deliverer in that moment. Amen. 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 That he is greater than what you're facing. His power will deliver you. And I will say this because I've been at times like this to where you get entrenched in that mental arena you get entrenched in the arena of feelings. And um, you start praising, and it seems like those praises just, they go here and they just fall flat. (laughs) You know, they don't, they just fall right down at your feet, and you go, look at them stacked up down there. (laughs) It seemed like it didn't go anywhere. It seemed like it's dry, like it missed the target. Doesn't matter, keep doing it. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? You're in the middle arena. That's what that means. Just because it feels that way to you, you're in the mental arena. You keep praising, you'll get out of that mental arena and you'll start tapping into the flow of your of your spirit and that's where the anointing that abides within you resides. Amen. You'll start drawing on that. So what am I saying? When it seems dry, when it seems like it's not making any difference, keep Praising. Keep doing it, keep doing it, because at some point you will go from use from just doing it mentally to where your heart gets engaged. Your heart hooks on. Do it long enough to get to get connected to your spirit. That's where the faith is. That's where the power of God resides, is in your spirit. Keep doing that. And when you do that, anointing will spring up and break that off of you. And I will say this, what's going to happen when you stop praising, that sense of heaviness may try to come back. Just tap back in, just tap back in. Amen. It, this isn't, you know, this is not just something we do at a point of crisis. This is our lifestyle. When we learn to make praise a habit, a spiritual habit of our life, we live in the place where things are continually held back, pushed back, held back. Amen. Amen. We don't have to wait till they come in on us before we start driving them back yes. with that anointing. But we just keep them held back. Yes. Why? That's why the psalmist said, His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Why? Because it continues to hold things off of your thought life, off of your own life. Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, I, I, I love this truth. There is nothing you can't praise your way out of. Yes. I don't care I don't care if it's physical sickness. I don't care if it's a death sentence that medically they have spoken to you. I don't care if it's your finances going under, you losing your house. I don't care what it is. There's nothing you can't praise your way out of. I said there is nothing. There's nothing. Years ago, I I appreciate this. There was a, well, there was a time well, let me tell this one story first. There was a, a man who came up to a woman minister years and years ago. She had a healing ministry. And he said uh, she was holding a, a healing service that morning. And his wife was bedfast and had been diagnosed and it was a terminal condition. And he came before the service back to this woman minister and told the condition of his wife. And I love what she said. She said, sir... Let's apply the praise cure. Don't you like that? The praise cure. You say, well, Pastor Nancy, what's the praise cure? She said, let's just thank God that His power is where your wife is and it's raising her up right now. And so they didn't pray by making requests. They just started praising. And they did that until that anointing within started bubbling up. That anointing came, and uh, I don't know how long they did it, but she had a service. She's getting ready to preach, so it wasn't too terribly long. He went back home to find his wife up and out of bed and completely healed. Why? They applied the praise cure. Yes. That's a cure that always works. Oh, yes. It were and it works for every condition. Yes. It works for every condition. Amen. Amen. But you have to praise when you don't feel like praising. Yes. And when circumstances don't look praiseworthy, oh, yes. he's still worthy. What does this what does this do? Why is praise so effective and so necessary? Because praise gets your attention off the problem. Yes, that's good. And it gets your attention on him who is the deliverer, uh-huh. him who is the healer, yes. him who is the way. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because where your attention goes is what's going to get movement in your life. Yes. Amen. Years ago, I, fi- I found myself in a situation. Now I'm not personally, in my own temperament in, in my own natural bend, I'm not a negative person. You know, some people just kind of have a ne- a bend. Mm-hmm. They're pessimistic, just mm-hmm. naturally. Mm-hmm. They just have a bend to that direction. That's not me. I mean, I'm not a pessimistic person. I've never had depression or things like that. I've never struggled with that. But when a demon shows up, <laughs> now that's a whole nother thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. When there's the oppression that comes against, I'm just attacks and bombardment, bombardment. We're not talking about your personality now. Now we're talking about your skill with the word in the face of opposition. That's right. So I had to learn that when that sense of depression would try to come because I was under attack of the enemy. I remember now, I was a baby Christian at this time and I did not know the things I'm teaching you today. This is how I learned these things. I didn't just learn them in a book, I learned them in life. (laughs) And what the Word guided me out. And um, I got entrenched. I found myself in a hole. And I tell you what, it was difficult to function And go about my daily duties, but I had to do them. Mm -hmm. And so I went about it and I was feeding on the word. I was confessing the word. I was praying. I was praying in tongues. I was doing everything spiritually that's within our our responsibilities and our privileges to do. I was doing it. I was not being neglectful. But no progress is being made. I could, you know, you can tell after a year and a half, yeah. Yeah. if nothing's changing, yeah. something's being omitted. Oh, yeah. 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 Something's being left out or yeah. something's yeah. being done wrongly. Yeah. And I just, I real simply look to God and I, and I laid these things out. I'm not accusing him of his word not working. I'm just saying, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing something. I'm leaving out something. And just so ever so slightly, I heard these words, the praise cure. No explanation, no encouragement, just the praise cure. And I go, you know what? That is true. That's not one thing I've been doing. I've been praying in tongues. I've been confessing. I got my list. (laughs) And listen, I'm all for confession. But it will not take the place of another flow. This praise cure flow. Uh And I realized I had been leaving that out. So I just... My, and listen, when I heard that in my spirit, the praise cure, I also heard these words clear as a bell against my mind. That's not enough to deliver you out of what you're facing. I mean, it was just like, why? Because the devil wants to downplay the ease and the, the simplicity of your victory. He wants to make you think it's something hard, it's something difficult. Your problem might be very entangled. Very complicated, but everything in God is simple. Yeah. Nothing's right. complicated yeah. for him. Right. And he turned, and the answer is simple. Let me tell you, I don't care how complicated you think your problem is, the answer is simple. Yeah, that's right. And and, and in, so in three words, God told me my answer after a year and a half of struggling. Yeah. And he said, the praise cure. Yeah. That's simple. Broke it down to three words. It wasn't I love you, it was the uh-huh. praise cure. <laughs> He does love me, but that wouldn't take the place of doing the praise cure. So I started, I said, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I tell you what, it felt dry. Why? Because I had been entrenched in the mental arena. When you're entrenched in the mental arena, when you go to do a spiritual act, it seems dry. But you just keep going. You just keep doing it. I said, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And at the end of a week, I mean, I was doing it hours a day. If I was around people, I'd do it to myself. If somebody, uh, if, 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 if I was by myself, I'd do it out loud. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, I'd say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. That was my whole attention for an entire week. Okay. And after one week, I was sitting at home and I was saying it to myself and all of a sudden, that just clinked down on the inside of me. Yeah. Clink, something went into spot. What was it? I stepped into the Spirit. Wow. And God said, now, tell that spirit that's been harassing your mind to desist in his maneuvers. And I did. I said, Satan, you take your hands off my mind and it was gone just like that. What was my answer? The praise cure. The praise cure moved me to my spirit and out of the mental arena. And that's where victory is, out of the spirit. We've been teaching out of this book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. We want you to get your copy. It'll be a blessing. Defrainministries.org. Go there and you can get your copy. And until we see you next time, remember this. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. It is possible to live untroubled and undisturbed, even in the presence of the enemy. Nancy Dufresne teaches how to close the door to worry, fear and doubt in this book about the peace of God. Order this book now at Ministries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message.